Isn't that a good-looking woman? <laughs> we are ending today our study of the book of Ruth, the romance of redemption. We've talked about the four chapters of the book of Ruth being like four acts in a play. We've talked about a time to weep, that is a time for tears. We've talked about a time to work or a time of toil. We've talked about a time of trust. And then today in this fourth chapter, we're talking about a time to triumph. It is indeed a triumph because we're talking about the redemption. We're talking about a story <clears throat> that began with, a, with funerals and ended with a wedding and the birth of a son. Acts chapter 4 is a great conclusion to this story. Now, I want you to notice uh, these scenes in this act of, of triumph. In the first scene, we see the business at the gate. In Ruth chapter 4, verses 1 through 10, I want you to know, notice that Boaz acted immediately. It said, now Boaz had gone up to the gate sat down there, and behold, the Redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken came by. I need to remind you from the sermon last Sunday, and especially since some of you were not here, you were on vacation, and I'm as jealous as I can be, especially those of you who went to the beach. I mean, that's just not right, and you didn't take your pastor with you. And We talked about last Sunday about Boaz making a commitment, a covenant of marriage. He had made that covenant and he is going to act immediately. <clears throat> nothing will delay him. Nothing will keep him from doing what he said to, that he's going to do. We talked last week <clears throat> about the fact that he is a man of integrity. And that's a message to us as well. Do what you've said you will do. Keep your word. And since Boaz <clears throat> excuse me, is a picture to us of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, I need to tell you without equivocation, Jesus will do what he has said he will do. You can trust in the Lord. Jesus will keep his promises. He will keep his word. He is always faithful. Though others may let us down, Jesus is always faithful. He does what he says he will do. I want you to notice about Boaz, that a part of the business that went on at the gate is that he summoned the other kinsmen and the witnesses. By the way, someone has said, <clears throat> that probably Boaz was one of the leaders of the city because he seems to have been well known at the gate. He had the right to be there, and that is where most of the business of the community, especially official business, legal things, took place. So he summoned the other kinsmen. Remember last week we talked about that there was someone who was a closer relative to Ruth and to Naomi than was Boaz. And he said, I can't act. I have to give him the first opportunity. So he's gone to the gate. 
the kinsman shows up and he says to him, turn aside, friend, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down and he took 10 men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. And so they sat down. He's doing everything in just the proper way. He's doing things legally. He's doing things ethically. He's doing things in a culturally appropriate way. And friends, we ought to always be ethical in our business dealings, even if it costs us to do so. Too often, we conduct business with a Machiavellian type of, of doing business. Let me see what you've got that I can get. And it doesn't matter what it takes to get my business done. That is not the Christian way. That is not the ethical way. And we need to be sure that we're doing things legally, that we're doing things ethically, even if it costs us to do so. So he has called this kinsman redeemer. He has called witnesses so that everything is up, open and above board. There's no shenanigans going on. There's no cheating. He is being transparent in what he is doing. <clears throat> and he gave the other kinsmen the first opportunity to act. It was his right to do so. He was closer kin to Naomi. Then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me that I may know, for there is no one besides you to redeem it, and I come after you. And he said, I will redeem it. He, Boaz approaches him, and he mentions only the fact that the land is for sale. When he presents that to the kinsman redeemer, he, the man says, yeah, I'd like to have the land. That would be great. And so he has been given the right, his legal right, to do what needs to be done to redeem the land. But I need you to notice his refusal and the issue of the shoe. <clears throat> Boaz said, the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. Then the Redeemer said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. And ethically, we have to stay in the culture that we live. We follow things, we do things out of politeness and out of kindness that fit our culture. One of the things, though, that we have to realize 
is that culture is continually changing. Culture never stays the same. I'm thrilled with the young people that we have in our congregation. I wish we had twice or three times as many of them because we've got some good ones. We need to understand the culture, their culture is different from mine when I was a kid. And we have to deal with them with compassion and give way to the culture of our day. Too many have the attitude, I want it to be like it was when I was a kid. It's never going to be that way again. You have to realize that. Culture never stays the same in any place in the world. If it tries to say, stay the same, that culture dies as the people of that culture die off. They are doing things in this whole story that give us great insight into the culture of that day. I'll be honest with you. I'm glad we don't live in that culture. Have you thought about that? I'm glad we live. It feels pretty good in here right now. I'm glad we live in the age of air conditioning. <clears throat> Some of you are going to wish for that air conditioning at the family picnic later today. Believe me. I'm glad that we live in the day of microphones and speaker systems, <clears throat> even when they scream at us, because my voice would not last very long without this in this size room. I've tried it, I know. I'm glad we live in the day that we live, and we need to acknowledge that God has been very gracious to us. Come on, say amen. God has been very gracious to us. And you know what? We better be as gracious to others as God has been to us. Boaz, Ruth, Naomi are great examples of kindness and of compassion and of respect for other people. I want you to notice then the redemption. That is, for those of you who have your notes, that is the last point under point one, the business at the gate, because we're to the point now, there's been the refusal, there's been this cultural thing of handing over the shoe, and I've, I've made it very well without ever mentioning, I wonder what that shoe smelled like, I mean. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Kilion and Malon. Also Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Malon, I have bought to be my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be caught, cut off from among his brothers, and from the gate of his native place, you are witnesses to this, this day. This is the point of the whole story. I've called this series the Romance of Redemption because it is a romantic story, but the theme of the book, the theme of the story is redemption. The word redeem, redeemer, redemption occurs 23 times in the book. 
in chapter 4 alone, the words redeem, buy, or purchase occurs 15 times. The conclusion of the book, the conclusion of the romance of redemption is redemption. That's what it's all about. Now, I said that they're doing things according to the law, but also they've joined two different laws together in their culture. Regardless, the truth about the Redeemer is, to be a kinsman Redeemer, you have to be closely related. Not only that, but you have to be able to redeem. Boaz is closely related, and he went through the process of making sure that the one who is more closely related has refused the opportunity. And the guy said, I can't redeem it. I meant to mention this when I was on that point. Can I go back and grab it? Why couldn't he redeem it? Uh, this may shock you a little bit. I think what he meant was, I don't think my wife would understand. I know that we lived in Africa where polygamy was very commonplace. Even after all these years, polygamy is still prevalent in, in parts of Africa. And there were people in our churches, men who would have their country wife living in the country, and they would then have their city wife who lived with them in the city where they worked. The thing is, the country wife had to take care of the farm, had to take care of all the children, both her children and the city wife's children. And that's why Brenda has always said, I want to be the city wife. You think that's funny? You should have heard her laughing when they tried to give me a second, an African wife. That's, that's, she fell off the chair laughing at me over there. I suspect that what was actually happening, he had a wife and he knew that if he took another wife, there would be competition between them. And whether he had another wife or not, he had children and because he talks about his estate or his inheritance. And what he's afraid of, Joe, is that if he marries Ruth, then their children will take the inheritance away from the other children. So he says, I can't do it. So he has to be able. He did not say that he was not able. He said, I can't. And it was a choice. When it, Grant, when it was just the land, he, was, he had the money, right? He was fully able. By the way, I, was, I tried to be careful and not say that Boaz did a bait and switch. I mean, Gail, he talked about the land and the guy was ready. He talked about another wife and all of a sudden his story changes. I... I think there's probably a shrewdness there that is still not unethical because he gave the man a chance, but he didn't tell the whole story in the beginning. When it became an issue of marrying Ruth, then the story changes and his response changes. He has to be closely related. He has to be able to redeem, but he also has to be willing to redeem. Sandy, I thought about that. 
And I thought about our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. He became flesh. Emmanuel, God in flesh, so that he could be closely related to us. He could not redeem us unless he was God in the flesh. He was closely related. He is able to redeem because he is the Son of God, not just The only one who has ever lived who could redeem us from our sins because only he is virgin born having no inherited sin. Talked about that last Sunday evening. Uh, only he lived a sinless and perfect life. Only he could shed blood to pay for our sins he was closely related. Praise God, he was willing. And he still is. He is still reaching out to you. If you've never trusted Christ, I need you to understand that Jesus paid the price for your sins. You cannot. If you decide to die in your sins, you will spend an eternity paying for those sins in eternity separated from God. But Jesus paid your debt and my debt in full. And all we have to do, he was closely related. He is able and he is willing. If you will just receive him as your savior, admitting that he is the son of God, understanding he died for you, and you trust in him, believing that he's done this, that he's risen from the dead, that he is in heaven with God the Father, but he's reaching out to you in this service, in this moment, wanting to save you, ready, willing, and able. And I hope you will trust him. Christ, our kinsman redeemer, I want you to notice then the blessing by the elders. Uh, and by the way, that second and third point's not going to be near as long as the first. Then all the people who were at the gate, the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah. That's significant. It says, Who together build up the house of Israel. Johnny didn't say, You, you need to be like Sarah. Sarah only had one son. Donnie didn't say you need to be like Rebecca. Rebecca had two sons. But Rachel and Leah, by the way, I noticed that he, they put Rachel first. There's a reason for that. He, she was the favored wife. Like Rachel and Leah, because between them and their servant girls came all 12 tribes of Israel. That's what it's talking about, who together built up the house of Israel. And the wish is that you may have children and they may also build up Israel. May you act worth, worthily in Ephrathah. Ephrathah is the place of the burial of Rachel. It is the homeland 
of the tribe of David, the lineage of David, which has not at this point yet come. It is the homeland of Boaz. And be famous, it says renowned. That means be famous in Bethlehem. That prophecy, that, that's not just a blessing. That is prophetic because Boaz is famous. Otherwise, we would not be reading his name today. He is famous because we're talking about the lineage of David, of King David. The, continuing their blessing. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bo bore to Judah. Notice, why did he say blessed like Perez, um, whom Tamar bore to Judah? Judah is Perez's father. Tamar was his mother. If you remember the story, Judah, why are they comparing these two? Because Judah was an old man, and he bore his grandson by his daughter-in-law, who was a widow, and it was a blessing in Israel. And now it's Boaz, told you last week, He's an older man. He is probably of the same generation of Elimelech, and he keeps referring to Ruth as daughter, and they're talking about this young lady, and that's why they're comparing him to Perez, because of the offering, the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. That was a blessing. A blessing that was pronounced. I think I said this last week. I, I want to repeat it. Our culture needs to learn the power of pronouncing a blessing. That Dads, listen to me. I know next Sunday's Father's Day and I won't have the opportunity to preach to you, but I'm going to right now. You need to understand how badly your son, your sons need your blessing. Every son dreams of a blessing of their father, that they would please their father, that the, their father would be proud of them. And we need to learn to pronounce a blessing. I believe that every daughter wants the blessing of her father and of her mother. Pronounce a blessing. Say it aloud. Don't just pray over them. Pray aloud and pray a blessing. That's something I've mentioned before that I've gotten out of my voracious reading of the Bible, especially the Old Testament. There are a lot of places where blessings are pronounced. That may not be culturally appropriate, but it ought to be. And I need you to understand that is a powerful thing in building the spirituality of your family. Number three, the time of triumph, the birth of a son whose name was Obed. Now, we're continuing in a blessing and the idea of a blessing because he was a blessing to Boaz and Ruth. So Boaz took Ruth, she became his wife, and he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. What's unusual about that? Well, again, he's an old man. He's past the age that he would normally have children. 
But by the grace of God, God has given them a child. I thought again about the couples in the church that Brenda and I still pray for who are wanting children and have not been able to conceive. And the point is, it is the Lord who gives. And you keep praying. Just keep praying and keep trusting. And I want you to know we're praying with you and we're praying for you about that. He was a blessing to Boaz and Ruth. He was a blessing to Naomi. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a Redeemer, and may His name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of baby. And yet, this woman has, I almost said it in a, in a Swahili way. Um, in Swahili, you would say she was died by uh, two sons and a husband. Uh, that, that's good Swahili, but that's not very good English. She had two sons and a husband who died. We started off with that morning, but now there is a birth of a grandson for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child, laid him on her lap, and became his nurse, that is a dry nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him the name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi, the birth of Ovid. He was a blessing to father and mother. He was a blessing to Naomi. He was a blessing to Israel. They named him Obed. And he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. David the man after God's own heart, the most famous king of Israel of any day. I know that Solomon was more wise. I know he was richer. But the truth is, when you look at the Jews today, they do not say we're the sons of Solomon. They say we are the sons of David. David is the most famous of all of them and Obed was his grandfather, and through Obed, the entire nation of Israel would be blessed. Not only that, but Obed is a blessing to us because we read in Matthew chapter 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. It skips down then to verses 5 and 6. And Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. Jesus came from the lineage of Obed <clears throat> and of Boaz. And so the story of the Redeemer, the romance of redemption in the book of Ruth is our story. Listen. You need to understand, it's the story of Jesus and you. Listen, God loves you. It's obvious that God loved Ruth. God loved Naomi. God loved Obed. God loved Boaz. And God loves you. If you've never heard that, I need you to hear it today. Sometimes, even as children of God, having been...
saved, we get weary. We become discouraged. I want you to understand, there is nothing you can do to become unborn. That is, to not be loved by God, to be separated from God. Once you have put yourself by faith in His hands, nothing can separate you of, of God. You may be discouraged. You may feel like a fa failure today. But I want you to understand, God still loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to serve Him. Jesus died for you. And He wants to redeem you. He is our kinsman redeemer. I don't know where you may be in your story. I said that this story of Ruth is the romance of redemption. It takes place in four chapters, like four acts. I don't know where you are in your walk with God. I don't know which act you're in. I don't know who in this story exactly pictures you, where you are, what you need. But I want you to understand God is here for you, and so is Faith Baptist Church. We want you to be saved if you've never been saved. If you need to come for baptism, do that. Follow God. If you need to move your membership, if you need to come rejoin, rededicate your life, whatever the need of your life, just remember God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to be in service with Him. Will you make that decision today?